I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Two, three, maybe a four. They're coming out of his beat six and seven. Top the moment has been an eight. Oh, wow. No, 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 no. Well... Welcome to the Supercoach 365 podcast. Tail between the legs a little bit to start this episode. Heading into round two on the back of a brutal, a bashful round one. Tommy, not the start to the season that you and I were after. Uh, g'day, Ryan. It was it was a tough start. Um, but I think the saving grace is every other podcast I've watched, every other post I've seen on Twitter about Supercoach in the past four days, it's been the same sentiment. Everyone struggled really. Um, the scoring was a lot lower than it was for most of last year. It was a shock to everyone's system. So I think we just dust ourselves off and go again this weekend. It's all we can do. Uh, that's where we'll start. I think, look, we've had some pretty strong opinions in the off-season. I, I don't change my perspective on those a hell of a lot, but I think we need to start today with a, a little bit of an apology to the Newcastle Knights. I think it's only fair, given the way that they played at the weekend. I mean, we saw our teams late last week. We put up our, our teams for round one on Thursday. We'll continue to do that throughout the rest of the season. But I stacked my team full of roosters, and I couldn't really expect to be in any other position than the one I'm in right now on the back of that performance by the Chooks and as well as that by the Knights. I think I'm almost going as far to say that I owe them a little bit of an apology. Yeah, perhaps we do. I did not see that coming. No way at all. I think even last week when you revealed your team, the one thing I wanted was more roosters. So yeah. I'm very glad I didn't go down that route. But um, I also probably owe an apology to the Dragons. I tipped them for the spoon and they looked okay the other day also. But yeah, good good efforts from the teams that we've kind of put the mock on. Maybe um, we should do the reverse now and say the, the same about the roosters this week and then they'll come out and blast Manly. <laughs> Uh, Roosters are getting the spoon this year. You've heard it here first. I don't think anyone else has said that. So now let's move on. But um, from that, of course, a big, big part of that was James Tedesco and the way that he played. He was captained by a lot of people last weekend, um, myself included. I don't know if you did in the end. I think you certainly swayed that way. You did as you nod down the line. Um, he had us cheering very, very early. We thought, how good is this? We're off to a flyer. And, and sure enough, it wasn't to be the case. 
yeah, it was, it was a false dawn. I looked like a great start, like you say, a nice try. And there is just Sandu playing okay that stage, but it turned after that, didn't it? There was that disallowed try, obviously, and then Teddy knocked on for the for the Knights' first try. So it, mm. it went downhill fast. Do you think if uh, that try is given, we see a different game? I think we do. I think it's a different story then. I, I, I liken this back to my own experiences. No, I've not even played anywhere level close to the NRL but you know anyone who's listening to this we've played sport in some capacity I dare say you rock up to the field you think you're going to win you know how many goals how many tries am I scoring today and suddenly you put under a little bit of pressure or things don't go your way and how quickly things fold or they change and I think the Roosters maybe they rocked up with the mentality and they've been listening or reading the papers in the off season they're the premiers everyone's got them as the premiers this year and suddenly they rock up and things are a little bit more difficult and it just didn't turn out that way and, and credit to newcastle really i think it's the surprise result of the weekend yeah definitely credit to newcastle but i really do think the roosters killed themselves on saturday a lot of their knock-ons and penalties they really didn't give themselves a chance to win that game and you know i think trent robinson after the game summed it up he said a lot of their best players hadn't trialed and it, it really looked that way so I'm sure they'll be back with a vengeance after that result. But it wasn't the only upset over the weekend, was it? We saw probably an equally bigger one on Friday night. Yeah, if anyone... And we'll get to our tippers, uh, tipping section very, very soon. But before we get into that, I mean, if you've tipped anything beyond four games this week, you're an absolute genius. And the next game you mentioned there, obviously, uh, the Broncos beating Souths at the weekend. I think that's maybe even a bigger upset than Newcastle because I feel like... Uh, for for the much of the off season, or probably not a bigger bigger upset. It's probably just below that actually in hindsight, but it's very very close in terms of South's heavy favourites. They head into this one. They made the grand final last year. Suddenly they roll up to Brisbane, and much like we say with Newcastle, Broncos just turned in an effort, and in the end, effort was too good. Absolutely, I think a lot of us were probably sitting there just expecting as the game went on south to just click into gear and that left side to start firing, but it didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. And I think Brisbane played really well. They were really gritty in defence, and it was a real war that game. And they come out on top and paint Haas. If you're in a war, there's no better soldier to have than him. He's the general, and he leads it all, doesn't he? And for a long period of time, I think he played 70 minutes or maybe even more than that, but close enough too. And um, we had our captain's call, our posts on our Instagram, our socials uh, on Wednesday or Thursday last week, and he was amongst that list alongside some big names like Trevojevic, like Tedesco. And in the end, the workhorse, the Mr. Reliable, I think I called him the safe option of the weekend. He would have been exactly that, and good on you if you found Payne Haas amongst some of those more high-ceiling players. Uh, just a, a general comment on the rules at the weekend. Did you notice anything obvious, the impacts of the six-again changes and, and maybe how that played into the hands of these teams that were towards the bottom of the ladder last year? I do think it was a little bit slower than last year, and I think that was obviously going to be the case with the rule changes. I don't hate it personally. I probably mm-hmm. thought the game was a little bit too wild last year. We still did see a wild game on uh, Sunday after between Power and the Gold Coast. So it yeah. probably is up a lot to the referees' interpretation of the new new rules. So... Uh, yeah, it's a watch this space, but definitely a little bit slower, I think. Let's just recap the results from round one here. You see it on your screens. Thursday night, the Panthers, as impressive as always, 28 points to six over Manly. Your Raiders, Tommy, beat my Sharks. Asterix over my Sharks, but 24 points to 19 in a gripping game, one of the better games of the weekend, I thought. Uh, the Broncos, too good for the Rabbits, as we say there. The Knights trump the Roosters against all odds. And then the team that you said at the start of the podcast here and throughout much of the preseason, the Dragons over the Warriors, 28 points to 16. Melbourne doing Melbourne things, coming from behind to beat the West Tigers, who were brave in defeat, 26 points to 16. A high-scoring affair at Parramatta. 
uh, on Sunday afternoon. A great game for uh, the neutral, who loves plenty of points, 32 points to 28, and then rounding us out, arguably one of the tougher watches of the weekend, the Cowboys and the Bulldogs. If ever there was a wooden spoon preview, that might have been it. Yeah, it wasn't uh, the greatest way to end the round. It was quite an interesting Sunday. You had the points fest in the afternoon and then mm. a more dour game in the evening. It was still entertaining because it was close, but the quality yeah. was probably lacking a little bit. Now, uh, before we get into Teamless Tuesday for round two and all of uh, the implications to come out of that, we'll just recap. Obviously, a big part of our preseason content was around our overall group and people getting behind that and the tipping as well. Uh, let's throw up the top 10, I think it is here, of our overall group and those who uh, managed to find plenty of points at the weekend. Congratulations to you. You see it here. Uh, if you haven't already joined this, it's not too late. Five seven six eight five five. Find this under your leagues, then add us as a group. This is the Super Coach listeners. Five hundred dollars first prize, free to play, courtesy of Top Tippers, and great to have their support uh, this season. On the topic of tipping, Tommy, and before we quickly flash this up as well, we mentioned how hard it was a result to uh, to make sense, or how how hard the weekend was to make sense of much of the results. And see here, credit to uh, the top five here via the Top Tippers app. 17 point something points I think they're the top score and that was just phenomenal I think I ended up on about two and a half yeah I was the same it was a terrible weekend for myself uh I actually do know the the leader Gadlad and Gaddy's name is so good, well done to him I think he played one of his bonuses so it's held but yeah, right. still a good score to start the year and it's uh it's his to lose from there <laughs> yeah no chance no absolutely the opposite of that you, it's never too late to join and given you mentioned the bonuses there and uh all of the the fun add-ons of the Top Tippers app, but you're never dead and buried. So um, never too late to join. You might be a week behind us, but again, a great prize there up for grabs. Uh, the Top Tippers prize there, another $500, courtesy of Dean and the gang doing a great job. Uh, before we get into round two and everything to come from Teamless, as we say, don't forget, uh, follow us on socials, subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're listening to this on the podcast, I encourage you, get on over Put up with Tommy and I's heads for 50 or 60 minutes on a Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday morning, because you'll get plenty of other content on your screen, which goes a long way to helping you make sense of what we're talking about here on the podcast. Tommy, let's get into it. Round two upon us, round one now behind us. Teamless Tuesday, first game of the week that we'll look at here, one of the better games on paper. The Melbourne Storm and the South Sydney Rabbitohs kick us off. Some big team news for the Storm. Uh, Talk us through it. Yeah, huge team news for the Storm. Obviously, Munster is back. He's been one of the most hyped players probably in the offseason, given what happened at the end of last year. There's a massive view on him. Even the coach is saying he's a new man. So he is hoping he is. Um, a few other changes in the front row. Harry Grant is back. So two massive ins there for Melbourne. But they had some big injury woes last week, didn't they? Yep. And their captain, uh, newly appointed captain, Christian Welch, uh, confirmed that he'll be gone for the season. So... Don't expect to see him anytime soon, which is a big loss. I mean, you look at the players they let go in the offseason and Welch would have been tasked with filling much of that forward void. Um, obviously, lesser names that have left, but he was obviously left to carry the burden. Uh, that won't be the case now. So then these these older statesmen in Bromwich, Jesse and Kenny both, and then, um, you know, these guys, uh, Felice Cafusi, even their experience, it's going to be called upon time and time again this year, you'd think. Uh, Brandon Smith, again, we talk about hard luck stories from round one. That was right up there in one of the first tackles of the game. Brandon, a popular pick. He was in my team. Managed just one point before his night was done. Yeah, it's brutal for super coaches. I know a few actually captain him in draft as well. So 
pretty painful for those guys. Just looking at the Storms team, do we think those injuries we just spoke about are going to have a massive effect on the season? We kind of think of the Storm as this impenetrable force. I'll be right no matter what happens. But just looking at that bench this weekend, you know, Wishart, McDonald, Liero and Maroa, to be fair, it's four names we didn't think we'd be talking about. Yep, and some of those names there we mentioned as cheapies that might get a go around origin time and suddenly they're going to be asked to play 40 quality minutes every week for a team which was, you know, or is supposed to be still challenging for the premiership. I think the added bonus and the um, the luxury that Melbourne has that a lot of clubs don't in this position is that they're a team, they're a club which people want to go to. Like, people will happily uproot their life to go to Melbourne to play for the Storm and I think you, you know... Uh, Craig Bellamy's maybe not the best poker player. If Tarek Sims isn't there in the next couple of weeks, or at least before you know that deadline, he says, you know, have we been speaking to Tarek? Of course they have, and what a pickup he would be—an Origin level forward to come into that mould to replace a Christian Welch. Yeah, I think he'd be a great signing, but I think they will go into the marketplace. Bellamy was pretty adamant on that. Uh, for Souths, the big story is in the fullback jersey. Latrell Mitchell is back. Mm. Well, that clicked them immediately in the gear because they were a little bit clunky last week, weren't they? Yeah, and a lot of that comes, you mentioned that left, left side of their attack and how good that is. And Johnston on the end of that, 99 times out of 100, and this time that Mansour scores that try. But Johnston, we know he's not a passer of the ball. He's a great finisher and he has speed, but Latrell just brings back that attacking style and what they need. They'll be improved this week south, I feel, but... You know, Melbourne back at home for the first time in a very, very long time. Was this the first time since that Raiders game when, you know, after the first COVID lockdown? That seems like an eternity ago now. So um, they'll have plenty to prove and, and lots to play for there. Just on the storm before we uh, give some opinions on this one, some of their, their quality that was there on the weekend amongst, you know, Harry Grant and Brandon Smith being injured, Munster out as well. Their big names in the one and seven stood up, Pappenhausen and Jerome Hughes. Yeah, Hughes especially, I think he scored over 100 points. Uh, it's one of the, probably one of the performances of the round. And look, last, all in the offseason, I said if Cleary was out, I wanted Hughes. And then silly decision last second not to go with him. Yeah, I think maybe a few super coaches made a similar uh, similar error, but it was definitely a one I'm regretting now. Yeah, and I think I said it again. I, I had him second behind Cleary. And obviously DCE and Hines are in the conversation. I, I landed on Walker at his price with his goal-kicking what looked a great fixture against Newcastle, maybe too short-sighted because now, of course, we'll get into our trades a little bit later. But Hughes, you'd be happy to run him from now onwards, really. Uh, you look at the Melbourne draw from rounds 4 to 10, it really opens up. And if there is one man that could maybe push his price to anywhere near in Cleary's stratosphere, it looks like it's Hughes. He's got that high ceiling, 100-plus points at the weekend. So, yeah, definitely an error on our part there. Well done if you managed to find Hughes amongst all of that. What about Ryan Pappenhausen? Tommy, he didn't goal kick as much at the weekend. He might have had one shot in the end. Um, if he didn't, a lot of that fell at Nick Meaney's feet, but he's not there this week. So it looks a, a win for Paps and a win for super coaches. Yeah, Pap, Paps owner's very happy there. I think most people probably expecting Meaney to be the replacement winger for George Jennings, but mm-hmm. Dean Aramaya's got that role. So, yeah. Paps owners winning out there, and uh, he should add some extra points to his tally for sure. On this game, um, might save our tips in their entirety to the end, or at least we'll recap them at the end. But tell us uh, here, Supercoach matchups you like. Um, I mean, it's probably be hard not to favour the Storm, given what we saw last week back at home, Munster back. It all sets up nicely for them, but it may not be as easy game for the Storm, as you say. They've got plenty of outs. 
Yeah, I do think this will be a lot closer than the market is saying. Obviously, Top Sport currently have the Storm and Dole 39 with a line of eight. So I, they're kind of suggesting we somewhat of a comfortable victory. But I don't know. I think South, after last week's loss, unexpected loss with their probably favourite son returning in Latrell Mitchell, I think they'll be very uh, very up for this game. And I'm not saying they're going to beat the Storm, but I really think they'll give them a run for their money. Big game for Lachlan Ilias, I think. Um, a lot of people own him in Supercoach, obviously, as a cheapie. Not saying he played poor the other night, but he really has to, you know, take control of a few of these early season games to cement that spot. I think you look at who's running at who this week. Jerome Hughes, obviously, great start to the year. Uh, you mentioned Ilias there. They're going to throw plenty of traffic at the young kid. I think in Nathan Cleary's debut game, this was 20, was it 16, I think. He debuted against Melbourne in Melbourne. So Ilias may be stacking up a little bit to that, one of the formative games of his career. I think Cleary made 36 or 40 tackles in that game. So they're going to ask Ilias to do a hell of a lot of defense. And then you look who's conducting the attack. It's Hughes, it's Kafusi, a veteran, and outside him, Remus Smith. I think that uh, they could be in for a long night down that side. So if you're playing any time try scorers for the Storm or Supercoach and you want to make a, a little shift down that Storm right side, I think you could do worse options than to look towards Remus Smith this weekend. Um, otherwise, I guess the big in and the question that will pop up, it's continued to pop up in our Instagram stories and our, our DMs. We'll get to a couple of these later as well. Do we go straight swap Brandon Smith to Harry Grant? It's a little bit more of a, an outlay in terms of cost, but in terms of the ceiling and longevity in this team now, Harry's position probably shored up even a little bit more by Brandon not being there this week and for the next five weeks, we think. Yeah, it's probably not a bad move, is it? I'm sure that'll be a popular option. I do think the only worrying thing to come out of the team today is the fact that they have picked Wishart there. He's a specialist number nine. Does that mean that we're going to see Harry Grant have a break at some stage, perhaps? Yeah, and it's interesting they've gone him above Meany as well, who Meany probably covers. I know he played in the halves at the weekend. He definitely covers jerseys one to five on any other given day. So, they've, I mean, it looks like that they've put Wishart in for that cover around dummy half and maybe in the halves as well. But he, he certainly isn't. You wouldn't think the mould of an outside back. So, no, I, I agree. And that's the thing that stood out from, for me looking at these team lists as well. Uh, we won't spend too much more time on the Storm here, but I guess the, the big winner in Smith's absence, you'd think, is Josh King as much as it is Harry Grant because he gets a good go at this number 13. And super coaches who found him early in the, in the preseason, they're laughing all the way to the bank now. Yeah, I'm very happy about that personally. He's my starting front rower, and I probably was a bit short-sighted at the time. I probably... Thought I was going to have to get rid of him after one week, but with Brandon Smith's injury, it's uh, it's worked out quite well at his misfortune, unfortunately for him. But uh, yeah, it's good for uh, the people who took the pun there. Tipping, who, who are you getting around this weekend? Storm or Souths? I'll stick with the home side, but definitely happy to think about Souths at the line. Definitely some value there on top tippers as well. I think you'll be getting about three points upwards for Souths. So if they can break that Melbourne hoodoo, which I don't think they can, but if you're playing the value, then Souths probably the way to go next game on friday night kicking us off the dragons and the panthers two of the more impressive teams at the weekend and um personally i tipped the warriors i thought the warriors probably had a little bit more to play for in this game sean johnson back as well um that they were missing some cattle in walsh and lodge which hurt them in the end i think they they just lacked that little bit of spark and the dragons they showed plenty of that yeah spark definitely um tyrell, tyrell sloan god he looks good doesn't he um i was probably a bit gun shy to talk him up in the preseason. I thought he might just need another year and with a lot of the young people in this team, I wasn't quite sure, but 
he looks a star, doesn't he? He looks ready to go already. Moses Sully looks quite immense. And then on the right side, Lomax and Ravaloa. It's one of the, probably the most underrated combinations in the game, I reckon, center to wing. They're yeah. so good. Lomax just holds up the ball, flick pass to Ravalawa, and he's a great finisher. I think I was wrong about the Dragons. I really do. But uh, Penrith, you can take us through them the other night. That was one of the best performances I've seen in round one. Without Cleary as well, and I think we both tipped Manly uh, with that in mind, that Cleary would be out and how silly we were because, you know, much like those great Melbourne Storm teams we've mentioned, the next man up mentality, that's exactly what we saw from Sean O'Sullivan the other day. I think he turned out 82 Supercoach points, maybe more after recounts. And um, I've had raps on him. We've seen him play New South Wales Cup for Wyong in the past and at times, you know, when he's when he's filled in for the Warriors in first grade. But he is a Panthers junior, and you saw after that game what it meant for him to pull on that jersey at his old stomping ground there. Um, I was really impressed by them, and I think the standout for me, and maybe I was a little bit biased in this regard, I was heavily invested in Isaac Dungo in terms of Supercoach, uh, Classic, and Draft. But, geez, he looks a real star for mine. I think he just got in, got his hands dirty, but he's also got that touch of class about him as well. Yeah, he showed glimpses last year, but yeah, it was a great, great first game of the season for him. Obviously, getting that try was nice for everybody. And then, yeah, he just looks, he does look a first grader straight away, doesn't he? And playing in that back line, probably the best team in the comp. If you didn't own him before round one, you're probably getting in this week. The only question is, and uh, I mean, I think long term, we look back into the season, we probably want to be playing with Brent or Garrick at some point. Travojevic, Cleary, these names that started last year, is Dotto hindered by Dungo's presence on that left side? We saw what Burton could do at stages. Burton, not really a great tip-on man, loved to tuck his arm or the ball under his arm and go. We saw that in the grand final even when he found that hole. Probably could have hit Brian, but did, chose not to. Dotto and Dungo down that side. Dungo even more of a back rower. We kept hearing that. He's a back rower turned centre. So... Maybe his first instinct is run. We've seen that from Penrith's left centre the past two seasons now. Yeah, and there's a few centres in the game that are notorious for that, and they frustrate the owners of the wingers outside them. And Tyler wasn't that sighted the other night, really. Like, Penrith played great, don't get me wrong, and he has still had a solid game, but probably wasn't at his usual uh, dominant standard at the start of sets and probably didn't get as much ball. So it probably is a factor that is going to have to be monitored. Uh, just on the Panthers, we saw today Moses Leota's out for eight weeks. Uh Probably, I don't know if he was too relevant in Supercoach, but I think there's a bit of talk. Spencer Lenio is maybe a play for some people. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Eisenhuth actually starts um, and they do the switch on game day. Lenio's probably biding his time and he brings impact off the bench because I think Eisenhuth's probably better to start the game. Could very well be wrong. Look at me last week, was wrong plenty of times. Uh, for the Dragons, in the same sort of mould, Francis Frankie Molo comes into the starting side. Um, interestingly, Tarek Sims named in Jersey 20. We spoke about him a little bit already, and apparently he was not too bad for the Dragons in New South Wales Cup the other day. They were badly beaten, the Dragons, but um, I think Sims actually played prop that day. So you mentioned Melbourne maybe needing to replace a, a front forward or a middle, then maybe uh, he could be the man. Um, you're tipping the Panthers here, Tommy, given what we've seen last week in 2021, 2020 even? Yeah, it's hard to go past the Panthers. I do think the Dragons will give them a run for their money. I can't imagine Penrith being as up for this game as they were last week, uh, being at home in the first game of the year and whatnot, but you would still think that their class will shine through. How about you? Yeah, I'll be on the Panthers here. I think it's hard to look past them. Uh, Liam Martin looked 
pretty good, played big minutes. Um, so super coaches, I think that'll be a popular trade in this week as well if people did have Brandon and they're looking to maybe sell off uh, one of their other 2RF assets. Liam Martin could be a popular pick, given that he is playing down that right side that Cleary will eventually come back to. Um, in terms of matchups at Supercoach, where are we playing? Um, I mean, just looking here, maybe you look towards Steph Crichton down the right for the Penrith. Um, he looked really, really good the other day. Unlucky not to have a double early. Uh, he'll be running at Moses Suli, who maybe not the best defensive center compared to that man Lomax, who we spoke about briefly there. Uh, that's a scintillating matchup. That one, Lomax versus Dungo. Yeah, Lomax versus I think it's Tager. I'm pretty sure it's Tager, but anyway, we'll, we'll keep monitoring that. But then also Ravalara versus Tor. So it's a great battle out there on that the Dragons' right hand side. Really looking forward to that one. What about Talatau Amone before we move on from this game? Because um, I think a lot of people who would have had him, I've got him in my CTW slot at the moment. He scored 25-odd points. And the Dragons won well, you got to say. So maybe there would be that temptation there to shift him on, I think, because there's probably going to be some other players emerge around that price that you could get to. I don't know. I, I was a little bit underwhelmed by him, but maybe resistant to pull the trigger just yet. Yeah, only one game, but you're right. Like the score probably doesn't flatter him, uh, and the fact that they scored 28 points, scored five tries, and they won the game. Yeah, you probably expect more than 25. So, I wouldn't blame people if they did want to maybe move him on. Okay, let's move on. Well, we're talking about moving on to the next game. Uh, this one, the prime time game on Friday, blockbuster, 15th versus 16th. They'll all be tuning in though. The Roosters <laughs> and the Seagulls. Uh, yeah, who would have predicted we would have said that about these two teams heading into round two? But uh, let me just put that on airplane mode. Roosters and the Seagulls. Uh, look, what are we expecting here? I think it's almost cards on the table. I don't know what to expect, really, given what we saw last week. Manly actually probably played better than the Roosters, and they lost by a bigger margin. So sum that one up for me. Well, they played Penrith, I guess. Uh, Penrith were amazing. I, was, I don't think Manly were that bad, really. I just think Penrith shut down Tom. They shut down Daly, and that was it, really. Manly, probably their biggest two strike weapons. Uh, the Roosters were pretty terrible, let's be honest. They pretty much killed everyone's super coaches teams. Um, I don't know. How much improvement can you make in six days? Because I do think they'll bounce back, and they'll be a much better team, but they looked so off the other day. We mentioned already uh, Tedesco's no try. I don't want to harp on it, but it was definitely a turning moment. You mentioned there the Roosters' impacts uh, or the impact of that no try decision upon um, the rest of the game. I know it was very early, but I, I still feel that that really like killed their momentum and their run into the match for large parts of it. This is what James Tedesco had to say after the event and uh, how he summed up the Roosters' performance and uh, he gave a little bit of a comment on that try as well. Yeah, did it feel clunky out there at times? Yeah, 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 very clunky. Um, then we probably tried, we're trying very hard, and then we just have an error, and we just didn't build any any pressure or, or possession down in down in our end. And um, yeah, as Robbo said, they they were more ready to play than us. Did you have a view on the no try after about ten minutes to disallow the yeah. that you scored? Yeah. I, I asked the ref, I don't know where Connor's supposed to go or what he's supposed to do there, so I don't think he impacted the play. I mean, there are there's deliberate sleepers, you can tell that when they, when they stop in the line, but Connor was behind the line, he wasn't involved in the play, so I, I didn't really... Yeah, I, I thought that was a try. So Teddy thinks it was a try, 
Tommy, I think you think it was a try. I certainly think it was a try. But going forward, I think we're happy with this as long as they're consistent because if this comes out and we see this week in, week out, where you know one week it's a try, one week it's not, it's just going to become a headache for, for coaches, fans alike. Yeah, absolutely. I I really don't see how that wasn't a try. I don't even think the Knights players protested it. So they were really just finding a reason not to give it. But it did change the game, like you say. Uh, just on the Roosters, like I will get into your trades obviously later, but... How much forgiveness are you going to give them? I guess players like Kiri and Walker, mm-hmm. they look like they never played together. Well, I don't think they've played together in first grade, but they, you could tell they really struggled. Even Billy Smith, someone I was really keen on in the preseason, you could tell he hadn't played for a year. He was pretty ordinary. Yeah, look, uh, they were, I mean, they were all ordinary. I think we looked at the numbers in the post game. They missed 35 tackles. That man Smith you mentioned there. Uh, he and Momorowski combined for nine of those. So when your edge defense is just getting carted, really, they made Dane Gagai look like he was 20 years old and playing Origin for Queensland. Like, I think Gagai, we said in the preseason, he had the worst patch of turf like he was turning up to, and he had the second side, second highest supercoach score of the weekend. So, yeah, they threw everything out the um, out the uh, rules, or sorry, out the window the other day, the Roosters, they... Um, yeah, it was. I let, they left me deflated. And clunk, uh, Teddy used that word clunky there. That's exactly what they were. How much do we forgive them? I think if you've got six of them in your team, like I had, and I mean maximum you probably want to shift this week is two. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a horrible fixture. Manly conceded twenty eight points last week, so it's not like you're coming up against one of the premier defensive units we saw last year. Manly concede points even when they win. I think there's got to be that element of forgiveness. You've made your bed. You have to lay in it. I think. Yeah, and I also think like, it was one game. Like at the end of the season, I'm sure the Roosters will still be in the upper echelons of the of the ladder. We're not going to be looking back at round one saying like re- we won't remember this game really. So I don't yeah. think we should uh, act too strongly upon it. Uh, just on the Manly team quickly, I think Dylan Walker on the bench for Tolo Kula. I know a lot of people had him, including myself, and mm. pretty uh well. I think you said last week it was a risk having him and straight away probably wasn't the smartest move having him in, in as a cheapie. Yeah, look, I agree with you. But at the same time, I feel like who else were you getting for that price that was playing? You know, like, And he's probably only one or two, maybe one injury away. I still think Walker adds more value at 14 than he does in the centres. Yes, he has that experience to play in the centres if they need him. But he adds something else through the middle which no one else at Manly can. That's including Cooler. So I think if Harper or Parker get injured cool is in or if they are you know conversely come out and concede 30 points this week to the roosters we saw harper struggle defensively last year suddenly he's on notice uh just on the roosters before we move on um about the question do we trade them out this week it's going to be a big temptation of yours eyes everyone who's probably stacked their team just be persistent be patient rounds five to eight this is their draw roosters play the Broncos at the cricket ground, the Warriors at the cricket ground, the Dragons at the cricket ground, Bulldogs at ANZ, or a core stadium as it's now known. So, look, you may have to ride out this pain for two or three weeks, but do you not want to be playing with James Tedesco and your team for those four fixtures? I think particularly Tom was probably still bleeding cash a little bit at that point. Maybe his, his break-even stabilised slightly by round six, seven. But Teddy still looks the one for mine. I still think, you know... He's gone at fourth pick in a draft this year. This time last year, he's the first or second pick. So let's just hang tight, I feel. 
Yeah, absolutely. One one game doesn't make someone's career. He's been an absolute superstar and he's going to be again probably this weekend. So I think everyone should remain patient on him. Just on the other man you mentioned there, Tommy Trojevich. I really am pretty confident he'll score a try this week. Uh, wow. I think he's a dollar ninety anytime. I just think last week wrapped up by the Penrith defence the whole game. He barely saw any any room. I don't think the Roosters have the similar sort of swarming defence as the Panthers. I can see him at least scoring one try. I'm not saying they'll win the game, but I really think he'll have a bigger hand in the game. Yeah, plenty of this conversation in the pre-match. The Matt Nable, wow, look at this bloke. It's all going to be about Tommy and Teddy. Let's bring up their numbers from last week now while we go on about this because uh, important we do run them side by side because everyone else will this week. But I want to say here, this is their stats from round one. And a couple of these numbers in brackets you'll see here on your screens, particularly their averages from 2021. Run meters, pretty even there. Teddy 150, Tommy 157. Receipts, again, pretty uh, like for like there, just uh, six the difference. 33 to Teddy, 27 to Tommy. Tackle breaks near even, and Tommy, again, I think you say his line break there, and he had a try assist as well. I think he finished on 62 after recounts. He's an ankle tap away from finishing 100-plus. I think he was in space, and I can't remember who it was from Penrith who reached back and knocked him over. Could have even have been O'Sullivan. But, I mean, that was the difference between us talking about Tommy as being, uh, you know, how bad is it we don't have him? Or this week, we're actually, we finished the game, we breathed a sigh of relief, we're quite happy. The numbers there in, in the brackets, they're averages from, from last season. So already run meters down. Uh, and receipts down for Turbo as well. So maybe that's the impact of the rules. We see it there. We can quantify it a little bit. But just on that, um, the battle of the big guns, the, the two number ones this week, Tommy, it's going to it's gonna sell tickets, hopefully plenty of tickets at the Sydney Cricket Ground. But, um, you know, we look forward to th- this individual battle. You've already got Tommy going over for a try. What are you expecting from Teddy? I think he'll be bouncing back as well. I think both these teams, I, I know it's round two and it's, it's not September, but I think both teams will be very, very keen to get a win. I don't know a team wants to start off zero and two. I remember this fixture last year. I think the Roosters absolutely smashed Manly, but I don't see it going like that again. I think it'll be a close game. Probably go with the Roosters just being at home and have some faith that they can they can bounce back after the horror show the other day. Yeah, I don't think the Roosters can play much worse than they did the other day. And conversely, Manly can probably play a little bit better. Yes, they stifled Tom, the Panthers' defence, that is. But they weren't horrible, Manly. I think they just come up against a classy outfit that is going to be there on grand final day again. Um, anything else on this one before we push on to Saturday afternoon footy? Because, um, I mean, just looking at these teams here as well, it looks like Hargraves will start again this week. Did he come off the bench last week? Takiyaha certainly came off the bench, and he was really disappointing. Missed five tackles. Um, didn't bring that experience, that impact that they would have wanted from uh, one of their senior men. Yeah, just another who was down on form. I guess both Billy Smith and Radley had HIAs the other day, so you probably have to... There's probably an asterisk there, see how they get through the week, because they might, they might be like scratchings. Yeah, and for those who love their New South Wales Cup, you and I included, Tommy, Nafahu White crossed for a double, and Adam Kieran, um, he looked very, very good at that left-centre role. So already Billy Smith may be on notice. Oh, before we move on from that, what are we, what are we doing? Why is Manu on the wing? Why is he defending on the wing? He's played his career in the centres, really, bust some a couple of games last year on the wing while uh, Bemos was out injured. But he's he's one of the best centres in the game, and he's defending on the wing, looking lost at sea. Yeah, I have no idea what was going on there. I saw a, a Roosters fan on Twitter saying, like, Trent Robinson's just trying to 
complicate the game too much and put money on all these different positions. And I probably agree with him. I think he should just be specialist center. Just put him there. As you say, he's probably one of the best centers in the game. Just let him showcase that. Yeah, and I don't mind in attack if he floats, like we saw with Tommy and Latrell Origin. And, you know, this is speaking of some of the biggest names in the game. Manu could be that sort of player, I feel, in attack at least anyway. Leave him in the centers in defense. He's, he's too good to move. Anyway, let's move on. Saturday afternoon, first game. We mentioned uh, the Titans involved in a high scorer last week. Doesn't this one have all the makings of exactly the same sort of game? The Titans, the Warriors, 3 p.m. kickoff. This one's going to be at a hard and fast Seba Super Stadium. I'm really looking forward to this one because I think there's going to be plenty of points again. It does screen points. There was a few games last week I thought screen points and they didn't, but hopefully this one does for super coaches. Uh, I thought Toby Sexton was probably one of the one of the performances of the round. He only got 61, but I really like the way he plays. He's a great goal kicker. Mm. And I think with the few halves going down, particularly Sean Johnson for the Warriors, Sexton becomes relevant in super coach. Yeah, definitely. And I know a lot of teams at the start of the year that weren't playing with Cleary. We saw it, you know, you're doing our first, second drafts on the team picker to start the year. This is way back January, you know, late January, early February. Sexton was a man that plenty had in their teams. If it wasn't Hughes or Hines, Cherry Evans, Sexton was the one, wasn't it? Because you mentioned his goal kicking there. How good is it? I can't, you know, I think I hate this as well. You watch the footy and they talk up a player, you know, how good is he? He kicks goals from everywhere. Billy Slater the other day put the absolute curse on him. Hadn't looked like missing a goal before that. Anyway, he sprayed that one wide. But no, Sexton, 61 points last week was very good. What about uh, one of the bigger names in David Fafita? What did you make of his performance? I felt like I didn't really notice him. I think he made mm-hmm. one or two good runs. He made he got 60 points. It was, it was one of those games where I looked at the Supercoach scores and saw he was on 60. I couldn't really believe it. Did you have mm-hmm. a similar sort of scenario? Yeah, he had a couple of late runs with a few tackle busts. I think encouragingly he played 80 minutes. That answers that question. And I think the fact that Fermoy is starting on the left, if you're taking anyone off, it has to be him. And I think Fermoy's a great player. I think he plays Origin this year with Fafita. But at the same time, I don't think... You're not taking off David Fafita to put on Kevin Proctor. That's not winning your games of footy. So if you're in the business of, of winning games of footy, you're keeping him out there for 80 minutes. Great news for super coaches. Absolutely, yeah. 80 minutes is the big tick there and 60 points when he probably didn't have the best game. That's another tick. Um, Jaden Campbell was pretty solid the other day. Brimson is probably a big in for them this weekend. Uh, Will Smith didn't do a bad job, but Brimson's one of their best players. Uh, what did you make of the Warriors the other night? I thought they were one of the more disappointing teams of the weekend. I have high hopes for them this year, or I had high hopes. Um, the Sean Johnson injury is really disappointing as well. But I just thought they had old habits last week. They defended poorly, and they just floating out of games all the time. They did, and I think there was a, a crucial part in that game there, 14 or 15 minutes left. They might have been only down by two at the time, and Johnson went for an easy option for the crossfield kick to maybe even um, Vallejo on that right side. They didn't get it, and I think soon enough, the Dragons score soon after, go out by eight and eventually kick on and win well. That was a turning point. Johnson not there. Not saying that helps their cause this week, but players like Walsh returning, Lodge returning certainly helps. Walsh, I'm big on him. We've said that in the preseason as well. I think he has a... I think he has a great year. I think he goes on to average 65 upwards, super coach this year. Lodge back. Um, does that clean slate at the judiciary applied to him this year? Because that's a, suddenly a real factor in terms of his super coach relevance. He's a great forward. We know what he can do on his day, but I think he's just suspended every second week. So that could be a real point for him. 
Yeah, I wouldn't have faith that he's not going to get suspended in two weeks' time. It's pretty hard, man, to trust Matty Lodge. But I do actually like a lot of their four-pack for Supercoach. Like, Lodge and AFB are two great front-row forwards. And then Aiken and Katoa. Katoa scored the other day, which helped his score. And I think Josh Curran, he looks, he's one of the most exciting players in the game. I love him at lock. I really like that move. One thing that did surprise me about the Warriors team, perhaps uh, Nick Arima doesn't even make the 17. Ash Taylor gets the start against Cesar, former club. Yeah, it's um, it's confusing, isn't it? Because if you think you're you're picking, essentially you're picking Nick Arima above Harris Tavita that first week to play um, in a six, and suddenly he's not there. And Dallin's played fullback for the Kiwis before, so we know if they wanted to fill in the fullback jersey, they had a, an apt replacement in Dallin there, uh, and you know someone like an Arthur's or a Rocco Berry maybe even shift or Cossie could have went onto that right wing without too much trouble. So anyway, it's. It's confusing. Nathan Brown, known to make confusing decisions early. So if you're playing with your Warriors, maybe um, take it with a, a, a grain of salt because they, they may be there one week and not there the next. Uh, speaking of that, two of those names we mentioned, DWZ and Valaya, also out for the Warriors. So uh, rough start to the year for uh, a team that's already going to be up against it, we think. Yeah, disappointing uh, for them. They do have a nice run of games. They don't play too many of the competition heavyweights in the early stages, so... They might be okay. I'm thinking back to last week for the Gold Coast. Uh, if you watch that game against Para, they're absolutely destroyed on their right-hand side in the first half. Is Adam Pompey the Warriors' left winger? Because if he is, I'm pretty keen on him to score a try. I think Marcelo will be. Marcelo? I think he get yeah, well, Whoever think, is. I think he's the left Load side. up. Marcelo Montoya. Yeah, I think he'll be down the left. Um, interesting on the Warriors. Who kicks goals? Taylor's kicked goals in the past. Harris Tavita, a noted goal kicker as well, and now Reese Walsh back. So, again, this question about the Warriors, uh, where the value is at the Warriors, it's hard to see. I'd probably still lean towards Walsh. I think Walsh will get it. I think he was going to get it pre-season. Uh, but, yeah, he's probably the biggest watch of the weekend for the Warriors. I know I don't have him in Classic, but I think he could be a good value option going forward. And if he can stand up in the absence of SJ, it'll be really good signs. Just checking here, topsport.com.au, the over-under for the weekend, 47.5, which I haven't checked the other games this weekend, but I dare say that it'd be very close to um, highest points of the round, and I think that's certainly higher than any game that we saw from round one as well. So sort of speaks to what we're playing there. If you're playing captains, in, or if you're vice-captain even, Fafita has to be an option. Sexton maybe even with the goal-kicking. Yeah, I, I think wherever you look in this game, there's there's points on offer. Yeah, absolutely. I think Fafita is a very decent captain option. Uh, perhaps if you want to go a vice on a Teddy or a Turbo in the week and then uh, Fafita maybe on the Saturday. Beautiful. We'll get into our captain's call on our Instagram sometime either Wednesday or Thursday in the lead up uh, to kick off the first game of the week. Uh, moving on to uh, the Twilight fixture on a Saturday afternoon. What an occasion this is going to be. Back at Shark Park. The Sharks returning to their uh, their patch of turf for the first time in a long time against the Eels, who would have been disappointed even though they got the two points last week. It was a strange game. They looked really good in attack the first half, and then, I don't know, the second half they kind of just fell away. I think both teams probably were revved up at half time to focus on the defence, so uh, that was probably why. But a few big names in the team sheet here. Cameron McInnes in mm. Jersey 19. I don't know if he will play, but it's good to see he's pretty close to a return. And then for the Eels, uh, Ryan Madison is out, and that'd be pretty bitter blow to some classic owners. Yeah, and I mean, 
you're drafting Madison as well, probably around four or five, thinking he's playing 80 minutes on an edge. Soon enough, he plays lock and he's gone after a week. He's always injury-prone, Maddo, and I think it's a contract year for him as well, so that doesn't do his chances of uh, any, any good. Um, McInnes, obviously a big watch. I don't think many people, I don't know his ownership stats as we do this tonight, but I don't think many people would have held him throughout round one, not knowing a time frame on his return. But in his absence, I thought Dale Finucane led well for the Sharks in that 13 role. He made more than 40 tackles, didn't miss any. And uh, the young fella, Teague Wilton, we, we spoke about Wilton at stages last year, stepping into Wade Graham's position. He looks a real player of the future, Teague Wilton. Yeah, I think we said last week that he would do a job for you. I'm not sure what score he got, but he played quite well. I think the Sharkies, they look solid. I think that game was a good game, like you said, against Canberra. I thought Hines and Moylan probably will take some time to gel together, but they were the signs were there. Players like Katoa and Ramian were probably a little bit down on form. They didn't get a lot of ball, though. So I'm expecting a, an improved performance this weekend from the Sharkies. Yep. Um, Hines, obviously, was a focal point in their attack. I think if you picked Hines in a draft league particularly, and he scores 72. Maybe you're a little bit disappointed, but, I mean, then you look at the scores churned out by these bigger names at the weekend. Um, you know, Kiri, we've already mentioned. Teddy didn't go overly well. And some of their opposition this week, even, in Reed Marnie and Clint Gutherson, they played great footy, but they just didn't translate into supercoach results. So I don't think you can be overly disappointed with Hines' output last week, given what we saw from some of the other bigger names. No, and I didn't walk away from that game thinking that he was a dominant player and he still got 72. So yeah. I don't think it was a bad sign at all. I Like you said there, Gutho, and especially Reid Marnie. You know, Reid Marnie kicked the 40-20 uh, the, the other day and he seemed to have a good game, but then he only got, I think it was under 40 points. So that was uh, quite concerning for those who went with Reid. I was keen on him until about last Tuesday and I was yeah. quite, quite happy I got off him. So I don't know if that's a sign of things to come or it was just a, an off day. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? I mean, I checked the scores after. I thought I thought Reed Marnie, given his you know high floor for want of a better term, and his forty twenty, he was a, had a hand in that try down that short side early. I thought he would have scored upwards of 60, 65, and anyway, didn't turn out to be. Uh, looking at this one through our topsport.com.au lens, any time try scorers here we like, any matchups we think we can take advantage of, and while you're at it, maybe give me a tip for the match as well. Yeah, well, going back to that same game the other day at uh, Bank West or Combank Stadium, as is known these days, the Eels' right side was absolutely torn to shreds. So mm. possibly the Sharks' left winger there, I think Matt Ikevalu, am I getting that right? It would be. Katoa's there, yeah, right? So Matt Ikevalu, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps Matt Ikevalu. In terms of a result, I don't mind the Sharkies back at home for the first time in three years. They're outsiders, but I'd, I'd be going with them. Yeah, I think they're going to have... Uh... Hopefully a big crowd down there at uh, Shark Park. And, you know, those players, Moylan Hines, you've already spoken there. Their combinations with Kennedy and uh, Braley in the nine can only get better the more that they play footy together. So, yeah, give me the Sharks here in, I won't say a low scorer. I don't. I won't say a high scorer. I think we'd probably see, you know, four tries to three or something of that kind this weekend um, in that one there. Uh, otherwise, I don't think really too much else to speak of. Um, from that one interesting Connor Tracy still outside of uh, the main 17 jersey 20 so back from his COVID complaint you'd think um, but still can't crack that that side we thought he would have had a an ownership on that left centre jersey to start the year yeah well, we probably expected Ronaldo to be on the wing and 
maybe to not see Ikevalu in the side. Uh, I reckon he would be the first one to go. I've heard mm. you and a few other Sharkies fans say maybe Katoa could be in a bit of trouble, but I'm not sure. Katoa's just got that error in him, doesn't he? And I think, you know, uh, Mulatalo was a Queensland player up until, you know, Origin Day last year. And Ikevalu's defence, obviously Fitzgibbon likes what he saw in his time from him or working with him at the Roosters. So, anyway, Sharks in that one for mine. Let's move on. The next game on Saturday, uh, rounding us out, the Cowboys and the Raiders. Uh, the Cowboys, where do we start with the Cowboys? I think I tipped them to win last week. 6-4. I know the conditions were testing, but geez, they didn't throw up anything last week. Uh, really disappointing, I thought. Um, like, we saw the Roosters play poorly, but we know that they're capable of better. But the Cowboys, I, I don't know if they are capable of better than that, really. Um, they weren't pathetic, but they just didn't have much in attack. I think Chad Townsend pretty much did what we thought. wasn't. still don't understand that signing. just mm. going to say that. Um Tamalolo is not the player he was. I don't think he played poorly either, but he's just not doing what Tamalolo used to do. So, yeah, they don't have a lot of strike power. And uh, Canberra showed the other day that they probably do this year. Yeah. Um, I think they might have even surprised us a little bit, particularly Jack Whiten, the way that he played. Looked to uh, be getting somewhere back to close to his best and, you know, capped the game with a try. Yeah, I think you mentioned that word um, strike and spark there. Tom Starling probably doesn't do their or his chances any harm by getting back into number nine, and we know he likes to run the ball. I thought the the back rowers were very good in, in Young and Harawira and Ira. Elliot Whitehead in a relatively unfamiliar position of lock even was very good. So love the forward pack from uh, the Raiders. What's doing with Tarpane? Is he playing this week? I've seen he's either he's in, he's out, he's unvaxxed, he's going to sneeze on Tamalolo, they're both going to get sick. Um, what's doing there? Because it's a it's a point of contention going forward. They've got an exemption this week, I think. I think from what I've read, they do this week and possibly even games going forward in Queensland, which is right. pretty important because they're probably their two best forwards. So, uh, And a lot of people probably look at them as cheaper options and definitely in draft options. Um, just on the camera, Matt Frawley obviously at halfback, Brad Schneider out. Brad was good, I thought. 45 super coach points. Defended really well. Uh, mm. I think he's a bit of a loss, but he'll still get back for round three and he should get a nice price rise. Yeah, hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. And I think the fact that Ricky picked him first ahead of Frawley shows you that he's the top of the pecking order down there for as long as Fogarty's out anyway. Uh, give me the Raiders in this one, Tommy. In terms of try scorers, I thought uh, the Moko looked threatening at times last week, but we know historically Cole Felt loves to jam in on that on the Cowboys' uh, right side. So uh, Nick Cottridge may be in for his uh, first try back as a Raider, I feel, in this game. Yeah, I'm just big on Tomoko. Um, I really have I speak, spoken him up, sorry, for two seasons now. Yeah. And I think the other night he was brilliant against Cronulla. He set up that match-winning try. Uh, I like him going forward, even as a classic pod, or if, he, if he's in your waiver list in drafts tonight, pick him up because I think he's a really good player for the future. He beats his man almost every time. He's got an offload. Really good player, Matthew Tomoko. For the Cowboys, before we move on, probably the shining light in that loss was uh, Nanai, I thought. He broke the line early. Townsend loves playing short to the back rower. He always looked threatening. I didn't think I saw an offload, but he was trying to get the arm free. So uh, going forward, Nanai, especially around that $350,000 quote in the classic game, looks a real option. I think he's probably on a lot of waiver lists uh, as you say there as well. Chuck him in your anytime try scorer's multi this weekend. You could probably do worse 
than that. Uh, Sunday afternoon footy kicks us off this game here. The Knights and the Tigers. I would have had this as the game as 15th versus 16th if you ask me in the preseason. Uh, not the Roosters and the Seagulls, but as we go to air tonight, this is the way it is. The Knights and the Tigers, two teams which impressed me last week, Tommy. Yeah, I think uh, obviously Newcastle were great uh, to get the win over the Roosters. And even though Tigers didn't beat Melbourne, to to lead the Storm for the majority of the game, I, I think that was a good effort considering they have you know a new halves combination and whatnot. So, yeah, I actually think this will be one of the better games of the weekend. Uh Newcastle, we did. We've obviously spoken up a lot. Thought their halves were pretty impressive, especially uh, Jake Clifford. Thought he played really well the other day. Yeah, it, I looked at this actually post game. We mentioned before uh, in the Roosters Manly preview the amount of touches which Teddy and um, Tommy obviously had as a fullback and how they differed upon their twenty twenty one outputs. I did the same for Kalen Ponga. I thought only fair. I'm not a Ponga fan, but I'll go back and have a look. Ponga touched the ball fifty three times in that game. So 20 more touches in the game than Teddy. And I think Knights only had 52% of the possession. So it's not like they had an outlier and they had a, you know, a, a glut of possession against the Roosters, but Ponga was just involved. He even had more touches than Clifford. So it just shows you that he is essentially, although wearing the number one, the dominant playmaker. So interested to see if that trend continues this in this game against uh, the Tigers back at home. I think it'll have to. I think, for, as we've said a few times, for Newcastle to go well this year, it's it's all on KP. And obviously, Clifford and Clune have some ability, but, you know, Ponga is their marquee man. He's their star. So he's going to have to do it again. This game is sort of the game where you'll find out, I think, more about how Newcastle go this year. I think, obviously, last week they were good, but can they back it up? Or can they beat a team that they're probably expected to in the West Tigers? Yeah, team list, um, not too many changes here. A quick glance. Um no, it looks pretty similar. I guess in a, in a good news for super coaches and for uh, people playing the cheapies, Kelma Tuolangi retains his spot, and I guess the main threat to his left edge role, Luke Garner, isn't even in the squad. So a win there. Plenty of thumbs up around at Kelma Tuolangi this week. Yeah, absolutely. I thought he was pretty good the other night. Uh, 71 minutes is probably the big tick. If he can, I don't know if he'll play 71 every week, but if he can play upwards of 60, mm. it's probably good signs as a cheapie or maybe a draft option. As for the Newcastle cheapie, Chris Randall, obviously a popular pick. Uh, he played 63 minutes. Probably from what I've read, that's going to be his pretty much standard all year. And if You're he's right. playing that, he's pro- he scored 47 with 49 base points. You could probably just bank on him scoring about 50 points every week. Yeah, and what's his price? 250 thereabouts, I think, top of the dome. Um, he's not losing money at that. He's break-even or he's projected average to start the year around 29 points. So... Uh, you know, almost doubling it. So, well, close enough to... Is he? No, 1.5. Anyway, back to Matt's class for me. In terms of try scorers, uh, bets on the game, topsport.com.au, anything that you can find here for mine, it looks tough going um, because I think that some of the best performances from last week were the edges in Tualangi and Leilua and for the Knights, Frizzell. So... I love backing an anytime try scorer in the back row, but I don't know which one of those three scores a try, but I'll say one of them will this weekend. Yeah, not sure. Fitzgibbon runs a really good line. Uh, mm. He He's a good try scorer going like on a weekly basis, really. Uh, I probably, the bet of choice for me would be the Tigers at the line. I thought this would be a lot closer than seven and a half. I, I, I know Newcastle won the other day. They beat the Roosters. Probably the win of the weekend, but I don't know. I just want to see them do it again. I think the Roosters were pretty bad. 
And I think the Tigers, obviously, having lost last week, they'll be very up for this game. So, yeah, I think it'll be a lot closer than what the market's suggesting. This one's got a little bit of the feeling um, about it for the game for mine last year. I think I tipped the Knights in that game, actually. They were at home. They played the Dragons. And remember the Dragons, they made, I think, maybe the Knights had a couple of injuries in the game as well, but the Dragons came out, pressured them, silenced the home crowd. Tarek Sims, a late charge down, ran away with it. And this is the sort of game which, for mine, as you say there, it's going to set up the season for Newcastle. Either they are going to compete week to week or... They're going to be there one week and, and not there the next. And if they are beating the Roosters, really, they should be beating the Tigers, you'd, you'd think, anyway. But, um, yeah, if uh, lead me out of this one, I, I guess a couple of other quick points from the game last week. Kurt Mann, I thought, was pretty good. Um, plenty of touches on the ball as well. And for the Tigers, that combination of Hastings and Brooks, I think it's only going to get better. So, uh, solid start to their pairing there in the Tigers' halves. Let's finish it off with this one on the weekend. The Dogs and the Broncos. Another game that could have very easily been 15th versus 16th. Um, the Broncos, really impressive last week. They go away here to the Dogs, who are the complete opposite, I think. Very disappointing. And for mine, it's hard not to favour the Broncos in this one, given off what we've seen the last week. Yeah, you'd have to agree. I I don't think there's much between the Bulldogs and the Cowboys the other night. It was just really a, a lucky victory for the Dogs. But I do mm. think in the Dogs... To their advantage, they have a lot of individual talent, which probably will come good. I think Dufty showed decent signs. Adokar is obviously a great player. And Matty Burton was playing his first game for the club. So I think they have a lot of upside, the dogs. But yeah, it's just a question of how long it takes for them to to, to register it and find it. Name you didn't mention, uh, well, you mentioned him a little bit, but not too much there. Burton, uh, his club debut, obviously... <sighs> What do you make of him? I think it's obviously an uphill battle for him to find his way as a number six on going, but his kicking game was strong besides that one he put out on the full. I think they eventually got a penalty for it, so not too much harm done there. But different role in this Bulldogs team as the playmaker as opposed to the finisher on the end of a brilliant Panthers back line. Yeah, it's probably probably what we expected. I think we both kind of said he's going from the best back line in the comp to, you know, trying to steer around one of the worst teams in the comp. So it's a big change for him. But I'll tell you what, how big is his bomb? He has the biggest boot in rugby league. That bomb he put up in the first half, it was honestly ridiculous. That left foot, it just, I don't know where it hits on the ball. We should go down the park here and I and try and practice it because it is just fucking incredible. Like he just hits the absolute sweet spot every single time. Uh, obviously, except that time he put it out on the full. But otherwise, no. Yeah, I think he, he'll come along. Avarello, did he score the try or was it denied in the end? No, I think it was denied. But again, he, he was pushing up around the ball. Good signs for him, I feel. Awkward moment in commentary. I don't know if he caught this. I think uh, uh, it was either Blocker or Brenton Speed, one of the two, said uh, Avarello went down injured and Flano was there next to them as co-commentator. <laughs> And, and uh, Speedy goes, oh, they can't afford to lose their number seven. Their depth isn't that good or something along those lines. Anyway, just something funny out of the weekend. The Broncos, what do you make of them? They welcome back their number seven this week. It's, it's obviously a, a big in for them. Yeah, massive in. They were good the other day. Uh, I really thought South were morals, to be honest, to beat them. But uh, they, they stuck in there and they, they won well in the end. They get Reynolds back, which is a huge in, possibly one of the biggest ins of the weekend. And then also Tessie New is back maybe a bit earlier than people expected in uh, the fullback jersey. Yeah, interesting to see that um, there's a Sarko dropout of the squad entirely. He does, jersey 23. I didn't think he was horrible the other day. Um, obviously, I thought Pat Carrigan, aside Payne Haas, was the standout. 
Haas obviously doing Payne Haas things, but Carrigan, his first game back really uh, in a long time, or at least he played a little bit of footy back in the last year, but this was his real first hit out, I feel. Great, great output, 62 Supercoach points, really doing what he did in, in 2020 on mass. Katoni Staggs was kept quiet. Now, this is my anytime try score at better the week. Katoni Staggs, I think he's just ready to break loose this weekend. He could cross for one, maybe even two. It's hard to argue, and he plays inside Cobbo, doesn't he? So that's just a, mm. that's a hot side, isn't it, really? That right-hand side, whether or not Staggs can draw a man and pass or just go himself, I agree. That's going to be one to watch. We spoke about Payne Haas earlier. His performance was ridiculous, getting 91. Some of the numbers he produced was just amazing, and I think we all kind of said pick and stick at the start of the year, and he's absolutely justified that. Broncos, $1.80 on Tuesday night as we go to air, topsport.com.au. I'm not declaring them because I declared the Roosters and they lost at $1.20, $1.18 last week come kickoff. But that is the best bet you'll get this weekend for mine. Broncos head-to-head. Reynolds back. His kicking game alone will be enough to blunt this Canterbury side. I don't think that Canterbury can withstand the Broncos attack, which has these spark and these stars in it, like Staggs, Cobbo, Farnworth even, uh, on an edge, Capewell. You know, he's a noted try scorer. Ricky can break a line. There's just too many points in the Broncos for mine. The Bulldogs, they won't be able to contain them this weekend. No, I like the confidence. I agree. I'll be on the Broncos, but just, I don't know. I've watched the Broncos enough the last two years to not be able to put all my faith in a team like that. That Last week, they were at home, first game of the year, big occasion. They go away this week, down to Sydney, ANZ Stadium. It's hard to get up for games there. On a Sunday night, sorry. A course stadium. On a Sunday (laughs) night, I don't know. I can see it being a bit of a dour affair, but yeah, put me out for Brisbane still. Yeah, the atmosphere differs a bit, doesn't it? The uh, the cauldron up against uh, the tin pot down there. Oh, I shouldn't say tin pot. It's the New South Wales Premier Stadium. But at the same time, there's probably going to be about, what, 4,000 people there. Uh, and that's if it's a sunny afternoon as well. Yep, Broncos for hours. And I think a lot of people will be going that way as well. All right, stick with us. We're going to have a quick break. That's our team list Tuesday analysis. Uh, on the other side of this break, let's talk our Supercoach teams and uh, some trade action this weekend. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. And with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you well covered. So if you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Subico 365 podcast proudly brought to you again in season 2022 by Top Sport. Uh, I forgot to mention this last week, Tommy. We banged on uh, in the off-season about our uh, Subico 365 Futures multi. It couldn't have got off to a worse start at the weekend. I think Storm the saving grace, beating the Tigers. If the Tigers won, we would have been about 0-4. Every result would have went against us. Um, but Tristan sent me a message early last week saying that... Uh, the punters stand to win more than $125,000. So, um, yeah, plenty at stake there for for you and I both and plenty of other topsport.com.au punters this year. Plenty of markets up they do have each and every week. If you are having a play on the footy, do so responsibly. Do so with topsport.com.au. Tommy, let's talk some super coach here. Now, while we, uh, while we do this, the last hour behind us... Um, Let's start with your team this week. We're only going to throw up our trades. We'll confirm our final teams as we did last week on our Instagram an hour before kickoff on Thursday. But throw up your trades here now. 
talk us through it, your thinking behind these two here. Yeah, well, the halves have been shifted up for me, uh, shaken up for me. Uh, Cody Walker was a late inclusion last week. He was, I don't know, I just really was confident he'd go well against Brisbane. He only got 29, so that was disappointing. All off-season, I've been really keen on Cam Munster, so I just think, why not start with him? Walker out for Munster in, save about 100K doing that trade as well. Uh, the other one was a forced trade. Unfortunately, SJ, he's made a glass. I love him, but he's so fragile. He's injured again, probably yeah. for a month, so... Can't keep him. Straight to Toby Sexton. I, like I said before, I thought his performance was excellent the other day. He got over 60 points. They've got a nice game against the Warriors this week. So I think it was a bit of a no-brainer there. So they're my two trades. Two questions I'll ask you. What's your thinking behind not doing a trade boost this week? It was obviously... I'm sure the temptation was there. And also those trades consolidating a bit of cash as well. So you're not only looking at this week, but maybe next week, the week after, the week after that even. Trade boost, look, I still could use it if something happens next couple of days, but I, I don't know. I just, I didn't want to use it the first week. I it was very, I very easily could. There's a few yeah. players, Billy, Billy Smith, I could chop off. But uh, the other point, I, I'm just wary I don't have either Turbo or Cleary. So I want to have a little bit of money there in case I want to get those guys in the next month or so. Definitely a consideration, that one. And uh, just on the trade boost, excuse me, um, I think a couple of times... We're going to be we're going to be facing this. We're going to be staring it down the barrel this year. Of do we pull the trade boost out this week? Probably a little bit more tempting than most because I feel like there's that that urge, that need, that feel like we need to catch up to these higher scores. But as I was saying to you earlier today, we're only one injury or one bad captaincy choice from a lot of these others who are above us at the moment. And trust me, there's plenty of those from catching them, from making ground. And I think the percentage on making ground this week is going to be greater and, and easier to make ground this week than it will be in weeks to come. Uh, so I get the uh, the want to pull the trigger early, but but I'm erring on the side of caution. I'll throw my trades up here now as well. I'm not going to do that. Brandon Smith out for mine. Uh, in comes Jeremiah Nanai. I thought we've spoken about him already a little bit there. Um, he impressed me. 56 points in... I won't say pure base because he broke the line, but he didn't score a try, which for mine was better than Tuolangi, which was probably the other option. Nanai played 80 minutes as well on the weekend. I don't say I won't say he's nailed onto that spot because they do have a you know so many options there in the back row. Gilbert Dunn, I think Tamalolo even played on an edge at stages last year. Ruben Cotter still to come back, but Nanai still looks the best of their attacking options in the 2RF. And the other one there, you mentioned Munster. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, to Cam Munster as well. Trading out one of my roosters, one of my many roosters, Sam Walker. He has to go. 40 trades left in the year and portly five trade boosts to go with it. And same sort of uh, line of thinking as you there, $163,000. Uh, in the bank, a uh, little bit more than that even. So yeah, one eye on this week, consolidating, but also a bit of damage control, getting out one of the roosters moving towards Munster, who you look at their draw, we've already said, rounds 4 to 10, the Storm. It's it's tasty. Absolutely, yeah. We said that early on this season, the Storm's draw really does open up. They've got a couple of hard games, I think Southland and the Eels the next two weeks, but knowing the Storm, they'll still probably go well in those games. Uh, how many roosters does that leave you with now, mate? Like 10 16. or 11? No, um, <laughs> only the five. But I think, this, as I said at the start, you make your bed, you lay in it. And I think there's going to be a time and a point in rounds five to eight, particularly where people are going to think, fuck, I wish I had more roosters. Just on that Melbourne draw, I know we've harped on about it without any real substance. Round four, at home to the Dogs. 
which importantly will be Cam Munster's first price rise, I say, price change. He could go down, but hopefully he rises. At home to the Dogs Round 4, away, which looks at, I think it's just Wagga, McDonald's Park, at Round 5 to the Raiders. Then back at home against the Sharks, Round 6. Uh, a favourable game back at home against the Warriors, Round 7. And then after that, the Knights, Round 8. So a pretty good month there, I think, for the Storm. And particularly for Cam Munster as well, if uh, he wants to make some cash heading into the Origin break. Tommy, uh, before we wrap this up, now, we didn't get to this last week because there were some troubles with our Instagram, but we're on now. Um, let's get into some of these fan questions, listener questions. I always say fans, but I don't think we really have any fans. Anyway. I hope they're fans. Only fans, no fans. Um, okay, let's start here. Question from Blake's Brushworks. Who else but Blake Moore to kick us off? Which player is going to have the most dramatic score increase and decrease this week? Ah, big Tough question. Yeah. Um, yeah, very. Uh, I'm going to say, just because he was so low last week, I'll say Teddy will increase quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, it was very uncharacteristic score he had last week. And uh, let's just say Ravalawa for yeah. decrease. He had 120 last week against Penrith this week. He won't be getting that. Yeah, it's the obvious one, isn't it? Um, Ravalawa against the Panthers. Uh, for mine, the decrease in terms of increase. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. One of the CTWs who didn't score last week, who scored a try this week. Um, we'll go with that. Uh, another one here, speaking of center wing options, thoughts on Tyrell Sloan, a top center wing option. We've sort of touched on it. In the preseason, we did say he was one of the better priced center wing options, dual position as well. His involvement in that Dragons backline, you can't ignore it. No, you can't. He's similar to Dufty, I guess, last year. He's getting his hands on the ball three times a set. So it was great signs. I don't have him, but he's one of the players that I'll be looking at the next couple of weeks if I I need to. Yep. Um, Some here about Cody Walker, not questions, more statements, (laughs) and I don't think we can read some of them out. Uh, One of them we can read out. He says, uh, Brady Carroll, C. Walker is getting the flick. You've done exactly that. Um, Munster, your pick. If you're not picking Munster, who else in the five-eight slot? It it is pretty slim pickings beyond those two. Yeah, very very slim. I just want to say, on Walker, I'm not getting rid of Cody because I think he's going to have a bad season. I just, I'm just more keen on Munster. Um, I think Cody the other night, he's without Reynolds. He was at without Latrell. Latrell comes back this week. I think we'll see a better Walker. But I just, I just have a thing for Munster at the moment. I don't think Walker's going to go badly. So I don't really understand the abuse that we've received for Walker. But anyway. Wow, this is our DMs. Imagine Cody's. I feel sorry for the kid. Um, okay, a couple of others here. Kai Kerbs, thoughts on Reed Marnie to Harry Grant? Obviously, um, Harry Grant back this week. Reed played well without getting a, a big score. So thoughts on that. Obviously, you're going to have to budget that accordingly. But is Reed almost like Munster, one of those players you get in, you, you don't have to think about getting them out? Yeah, but just that score the other day was really concerning, like we keep saying. I don't know why he only got 40 points um, in a game which had 60 points total. So, I don't know. Harry Grant is probably the best hooker in the game, you could say, for Supercoach. So, if you have the money, it's hard mm-hmm. to argue. A couple of others here from Liam Champney says, uh, B. Smith to Grant seems the obvious swap, but what are your thoughts on Tama Lolo to Carrigan? And uh, I think he says here, noting Cotter on the bench for the Cowboys. Cotter's back this week, I think, for the Cowboys, or still is he not out? Maybe he's got... Jersey 18. Right, okay. Um, 
Smith to Grant, we sort of mentioned that. Seems the logical choice, but again, the, the price discrepancy, 50K you're going to have to find to do it. So, um, yeah, uh, we've spoken a little bit about Harry Grant. I don't think there's real too many downsides with Harry Grant. We've spoken about the Storm's draw with Munster, so he's he's going to enjoy all of that as well. Yeah, another Storm player along with Hughes and Munster and Pabs, who you could just pick and stick with, really. Um, you could probably talk about Paddy Carrigan more. I know you're a big fan of his, and you picked him up in our draft, which I was quite surprised at, but he, he proved me wrong the other night. He was really good. And that's his first game of the year. Imagine him come game six, seven, eight, when he's sort of had two months of fitness under his belt. I think he had 60... Uh, no, he didn't have 60 touches. He had... Um, I think it was less. I think he had about fifty-eight minutes. I think he'll get up above sixty at some point. He plays Origin this year. I have no doubts about it. I think he's a real leader. Um, the only concern, though, Kobe Hetherington back on the bench this week for the Broncos. We saw him play thirteen in the trials, and and played really well at the same time. So I still think Carrigan's the man there, and he showed he can do it for big minutes. Um, Ryan James was also very good off the bench the other day for the Broncos. So. Um, to answer your question on Carrigan, yeah, I love him. I think in terms of super coach and what his output will be, he'll bring a lot to the Broncos as well. Um, maybe one you more can hit- ask, uh, maybe you can on. ask Tristan at Top Sport for a, a same team multi of both former, both Firma and uh, Pat Carrigan, both making the Origin teams this year. <laughs> Let me just see. They're uh, your big, big statements you're making. Okay. Well, I like it, but uh, they're both uh, they're kind of bolters, you'd have to say. Carrigan and who was it, Firmore? They'll be Perfect. in the squad. Perfect. They'll be in the squad of 22 or, or whatever it is. That first game, they'll both be there. Come back to me. Uh, this is March 15th as we say that. All right, let's finish one more here. Uh, one more. Let's pull one out. One that doesn't contain an F word in it. And there's plenty of, <laughs> plenty, plenty of those here. Um, thoughts on Hamaso uh, trade or hold? Let's finish on this one for the Cowboys. We've spent some time talking about the Cowboys there. But um, Hammer trade or hold? We spoke about him in the preseason, Hammer, being center wing eligible but just doesn't have that consistency in his game as some of those other options there as well like a Sloan maybe yeah with all due respect I don't know why you'd have him in the first place um I he just doesn't do it for me he doesn't unless he scores his scoring is pretty bad 34 the other day I actually thought it would be lower and he was kind of unlucky at the end with the try that was him who scored wasn't it and then it was yeah pulled back so yeah but he was he offside that was his fault like, True. No, you're right. He could have, yeah. So, I don't know. He could have been more. But, yeah, just going forward, I don't know. The Cowboys can't say they're scoring a lot of points. So, yeah, I wouldn't have Hammer. Yeah. No, not for mine either. All right, let's leave it at that. Uh, if you um, want to find out our teams, as we say, our full teams for round two, check those out on our Instagram at supercoach365. That's where you'll get us this week and every week uh, throughout the rest of the season, 365 days a year even. Um, Follow us there. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Thumbs up. Rate, review, comment wherever you're listening to us or viewing us. We much appreciate it. Tommy, big weekend of footy coming up. Round two. Can't wait to settle into the couch with a couple of these bad boys and uh, get stuck into another week of footy. Well, I always say it's uh, dark before the dawn and uh, last weekend was pretty dark for most super coaches. So hopefully round two is a lot more bright. The brightest rainbow follows the darkest storm. Let's see some green arrows round two. Tommy and Ryan, Super Ghost Tracy Podcast. We'll chat to you next week. Enjoy your round two fully. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.